We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Knicks Film School pregame show. I am your host, Andrew Claudio, a.k.a. GMAC, and it is finally time to preview the Knicks second round matchup. I cannot believe I'm saying this against the Miami Heat, a rivalry renewed here at MSG that the Knicks will be hosting a second round series, which is even more surreal that it is that and is also going to be Knicks Heat. And what better way than to preview this series and to kick things off than to welcome back to the show a man who once got under the skin of all of New York City by talking about Jalen Brunson and calling his incredible season, this revelation, the best bargain contract in the NBA. What we, the, the guy we call him. I know that this cute thing going on with Jimmy Butler is, is they call him Himmy Butler, but like it's Jalen Brunson him as far as I'm concerned. And yet... Joining me to preview this series back into the lion's den. It is the one and only Giancarlo Navas G. Welcome back. Yes, that is the, the that is Kurt Angle's music that you hear, ladies and gentlemen. The crowd is chanting, you suck. Uh, Giancarlo, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, man. I mean, anytime we can talk heat Knicks in May or late April, that's that's what it's all about, man. That's what it that's what this is for. A rivalry renewed. Maybe some kids may not remember. Some uh, Josh Hart said, you know, well, I wasn't even born yet, mm-hmm. which made me feel old. I'm only 30 and it made me feel old. I was like, I mean, I, I know what I know what happened there. Maybe because Josh isn't from New York or Miami, but I'm excited. I think this is an interesting basketball series, like from the from the X's and O's. Mm-hmm. I think both teams have very clear advantages and disadvantages. That I, I and two very well coached teams and and Thibs and Spo have kind of gone at it in the past. The Jimmy Thibs storyline going on, Jimmy versus you know one of his former teammates, uh, you know redacted, and you know all sorts of all sorts of fun stuff. So I'm excited to break the series down with you, uh, and happy to antagonize New York. If y'all need a villain, I, I'll do it. So that's where I'll start. Actually, is the Miami side of this because I've I've become a, a loyal 
watcher of the post game shows and the the hangover time. And I, uh, I I see how much of a party you guys have. I, I heard the, the post game the other night after you guys defeated the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, coming in with a ton of confidence, I I see as far as getting through the Knicks pretty easily and getting to the next round. Um, as you've broken down the X's and O's, and we'll get into some specifics and what happens in this series, just your overall temp check of the fan base coming in. Is it like we just beat the Bucks? Of course, we're going to beat the Knicks or is it? Oh, the Knicks are actually pretty good. I'm going to be honest. I think the fan base is a little split because they're a little tormented this season. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the regular season for Miami didn't go well, right? They, they finished seventh, lost the play into Atlanta. And to be honest with you, one of the most stunning results of this postseason, I don't know what to call a play in, but the non-regular season, I mean, the way that Atlanta dismantled them after Miami pretty thoroughly embarrassed them the year before, uh, came out no effort. Just it was a very weird game. And, and we all kind of thought, okay, well, this is done. They're going to lose to Chicago. Levine's going to go crazy. Then they produced whatever that was against Milwaukee. So I think some fans are like, okay, well, the juice is done. It, you know, they're going to, they're going to play the Knicks and it's going to be a stupid series and a lot of weird stuff is going to happen and they're going to lose. And other fans are like, we just beat the damn number one overall seed. Like, are we supposed, we we just went through Giannis and Brooke Lopez and we're supposed to believe that Mr. Robinson is, is better than them. So mm-hmm. that that's kind of like the split of the fan base. Some of it's like, okay, well, reality will set in and other ones are riding hot on like, no, 16 game season. You know, we're here. Well, we just got to beat a team. We, we just beat the one seed. Now we got to beat the five seed. We're better than our record. Let's do this. So I think there's a fair split in the fan base. That's the, the craziest part about all of this. And not to. So you're 30. I'm 35. One of my well, going to be 35. One of my first basketball memories is at least as a Knicks fan is 99. And the fact that the Heat are an 18 playing the Knicks in the playoffs is just so serendipitous and part of the narrative Incredible. that the Heat get a chance at revenge. Although I don't, obviously the Knicks are in a one seed and their their season. I, I'm not. I haven't even fully comprehended the fact that the Knicks like will be the favored team to go to the conference finals according to all the sports book. I just I'm not. That's a, I got to be honest with you. Allowing myself to go down that road, you're like a pretty healthy favorite, and I thought yeah. it'd be more of a toss up series. I wouldn't. I wouldn't if I were like the odd. I mean, Miami was an 11 and a half point dog going into game five in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. And I it was almost even for Miami to win that series. So I guess I shouldn't be surprised that Vegas is kind of low on them. Uh, Miami was, by the way, one of the worst teams against the spread this year. So take that as you will. They the Vegas didn't even have a, a good handle on them. So, yeah, I mean, I, I just thought it'd be more of a toss up series, I think. But I mean, I, I think it's justified that New York is favored. Um, I, I certainly, I certainly don't blame the odds makers for that. So let me start here as we go to the X's and O's, because we're going to get to some questions and our, our people watching live and if we're in the chat, but I have a couple questions to start and I, sh- I want to give you an idea to my head as how I'm coming into this series. And you once famously said on this podcast that of course the heat would win because they have the two best players in the series. And how, whatever order you want to put it in, you have the best player in the series. The way Jimmy Butler's playing, I mean, I just saw him be the best player in the series that had Giannis and Tedekumpo. So I'm not going to dispute that. Actually, crazy. Well, listen, 
I, I genuinely have no words for Jimmy Butler. He's the one thing that I I just don't like. Oh, the Knicks have bodies to throw at Jimmy. Now I think there's like a world where he could steal a game or two. So we'll get to that. I'm sure throughout this this conversation, but whether the Heat have the two best or two of the four best, whatever order you want to put Bam in, like we're going to disagree on that. Where my thinking is, and I'm coming into this conversation with the uh, notion that my my mind can be changed. I'm, I'm coming with an open heart and open mind that if you want to change my change my mind, you can. I'm sitting at the table saying change my mind. I think the Knicks have six of the best eight players in the players uh, in the series. I think the Knicks. Are so you're saying after team. after Jimmy and Bam, after Jimmy Knicks. and Bam, I think the Knicks. If even if you wanted to say I they're gone, one and two, I yeah, think yeah, the Knicks yeah. are the next six. I, I don't so, I don't think that's, that's where, crazy. Yeah, I don't think that's crazy. And I, I haven't like gone through it like player by player, but like I, I guess I mean we have this conversation a lot, you know, like especially without Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero has a broken hand. So not I'm factoring returned. in with no hero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, um especially no hero and listen, I don't know how much of the Knicks Cavs series you, you you paid attention to. I'm sure you saw it in your your research. This version of RJ and my God, this version of Mitchell Robinson that we have now. Yeah, Mitch Mitchell's the guy that yeah. is like really the I, I guess one of the 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 really cool standout stories of the postseason. There's always like a couple guys. Terrence Mann, you know, was was one of them last year, or the year before. There's always like one of those role guys that really like mm-hmm. steps up and everybody's like, whoa, like that, oh, that that guy has made a lot of money. So uh, is your thinking when you hear me say six of the best eight or six of the top eight, like I need to change your mind? Like Kyle Lowry should be in that top eight or like I, I one a, of the unsigned, or or is it like, well, we have the one? Like, do you want, do you want to Jimmy go player by player series. so that we can kind of work this out together? I, I think that would be like, so, so I like got Jimmy one, J- I mean, we don't have to like rank them, but like Jimmy Bam, Randall and Brunson are the top four in like, some I, order. I yeah. think, yeah, in some order, like that doesn't matter. Like those are the four best players in the series, you know? So after, after that, if, if you're, I guess, you know, heroes not playing. So Mitch, guess, Hart, Mitch, Josh Hart quickly, RJ. Yeah. I probably, I'm factoring yeah. in like this playoff version. No, I, I, w- I would go. You know? I think, yeah, those guys, I mean, cause then you're really talking like Kyle, Vincent, you know, Kevin love, you know? Uh, yeah, no, I, I'm kind of with you there. I mean, I, and, and, you know, Andrew, what's funny is that I think this and Miami's like a lot of people say like, Oh my God, like the Miami undrafted guys, the project, it's crazy. That actually pissed the fan base off this season. Cause it was like, can we get some goddamn mm-hmm. NBA players? to help Jimmy because like undrafted guys can be pretty inconsistent. So like it's hard to gauge. Cause I think those Nick guys are way more consistent, right? Like what Gabe Vincent gave you last series. Like if we're going to get that Gabe Vincent, or if we're going to get that Kevin love, like we get, we can have different conversations. But the fact is that like Max Struess has been like, you saw the, the Chicago playing game. Maybe the Struess was loose. Right. But then mm-hmm. throughout the season, you have like these like lows of like, Oh my God, like can, like can Max Struess play Caleb Martin? incredible last series. So like if we were getting Caleb from last season, I would be like, well, you know, I, I think like, you know, once we start getting down, like Caleb Quentin Grimes or stuff like that, like we could have conversations. But at the end of the day, like I do think the Knicks, like pretty much the role guys, like that edge goes to New York. And if Miami's going to win, their role guys have to like perform at the level that they've been doing or at the level they did last season, not what they've done in the regular season, which has frankly been incredibly disappointing uh, to to really Jimmy and Bam. So let's go two different directions with this. The first one we'll go to is the Mitchell Robinson of it all, because what I just watched was him 
take the souls of Jared Allen and Evan Mobley over a five game stretch to the point where they were double teaming him and it didn't matter. He that that last game where at 18 rebounds, 11 offensive and he and Josh Hart together out rebounded the entire Cavs roster was one of the craziest things. Like you're five games in, you still haven't had an answer for Mitchell Robinson, which is like great for us, but also just crazy that this is the the way with this that with that front line. Right. Too. Like I, I thought that that was going to be the the neutralizer, which is why I was confident this series was going to go seven. So knowing that and seeing the version of Mitch we got in the first round as a Heat fan, what do you think their best strategy, their best plan is going to be to not necessarily neutralize like on, Mitch, like, a, he, like on defense? Like, what are they going to do? to? Well, so I'm wondering, contain- do they just because I admired what what Spo did in the specifically in game five where they put the ball in Bam's hands and it's like, are you going to turn Bam into the initiator? So. Mitch comes away from the rim and can't be as much of a weapon on the defensive glass, or is the concern more the offensive glass? Because that's the key to what well, it depends. Cause like, you know, they might want, they might want, it, it kind of depends how they match up. So if you're, if you're Miami, I think your biggest concern is so New York has a really good offense, but there's kind of shot profiles really weird. It's a mm-hmm. very strange, good offensive team. They they really sustain their offense with offensive rebounding and free throws. Mm-hmm. They're they're yep. Brunson in particular really great getting to the line, and they are they're one of the best offensive rebounding teams in the league. And I think they're for sure the, by far the best in this postseason. I believe they were like second through the regular season. I think Memphis might have been number one, but after Stephen Adams went out, that that totally changed. He's a he is truly the offensive rebounder of all time. Yeah. So same strategy though. It's literally the Memphis. Yeah, I, absolutely. So if you're Miami, you're like you know okay, well we switch a lot. Right, which kind of leaves you open on the back end of Mitchell Robinson jumping over, you know, Vincent or Struess or whoever. So if you're Miami, you're like, okay, well, we have to contain. And I, I'm sorry to like bring other players into this, but I do think it's no, all like, kind of tangled together. If you're Miami, and okay, you have Julius Randle, who has not been the best playoff performer, and also is on a bad wheel as as an ankle injury. You know, that's a tough injury to play through. I know that Tibbs is like he may or may not be ready game one. That's a, that's not an easy thing to come back from. And if you're Miami, you're like, okay, well, the head of the snake is Jalen Brunson. He has been their best playoff performer this season. He has been their offensive engine. He's the guy that's going to get to the line, spray out the shooters, play make, all that good stuff, draw the help. You got to cut that head of the snake. And typically what Miami will always do is switch or load up on the ball, right? So you kind of saw it last year with Trey Young. You know, they'll show a lot of bodies. And what New York did a lot this season with Brunson was, okay, empty corner. We're going to kind of contain help. We're gonna we're gonna put Kevin Love in pick and roll. That Miami shows Kevin Love hard, and Brunson is winning that matchup. So if you're the Heat, you got to send help. It's probably gonna be off Hart, and now you know you're gonna have Hart crashing. You're gonna have Mitchell Robinson crashing, and you gotta you gotta really contain those guys on the boards. And I think that they're gonna play Brunson a little bit more conservatively for that reason. They're gonna play more drop, like you saw in the Milwaukee season. It's not something that they did. You know, Miami likes the zone. They, they're mm-hmm. a big, they were a big zone team in the regular season. Even mm-hmm. though New York isn't the best shooting team and you kind of want to kind of get them to shoot more threes, I think what you give up on the offensive rebounding end might not be something they go to too much. So I think they're going to play pretty conservative. They're going to play drop. They're going to really show help. They are going to help up Hart and, and those guys, I think for sure. But they're going to play more conservatively because of Mitchell Robinson and kind of what he's done as an offensive rebounder. And I, I think that's a key battleground, kind of that Brunson kind of side pick and roll with love or whoever. And then on the other end containing Mitchell Robinson. And I think that 
is like the battleground that will decide the series and how often, how much can Miami take care of the ball? Yeah, that's a spo specialty is cutting off the head of the stink. So I, I expect them to really game plan for Brunson, which is, I mean, this is like not a, an intelligent or eye-opening point to make, but it's why Julius is just such a big factor in this series. If they're getting this version of Mitch and this version of RJ and Julius comes back and looks like he did in game five against the Cavs, where he he, had the, he led the team in assists and only played 16 minutes before he re-aggravated the ankle. Um, I'd also... And I, I, I trust Spo to already know this, but I don't think JB Bickerstaff did because it was his first time in the playoffs. Um, I think Randall's fine. The the reporting out of the the garden because the Knicks are so secretive was that like, oh, we'll see what he is for game one. Oh, and they're gonna prepare. They're one gonna of the guys on the one of the guys on the beat was like, Yeah, he like tweeted out, yeah, we were allowed to see shoot around and he was shooting fine. Like yeah, he, he'll, he, he'll, he's he'll gonna probably. be okay. He um, he might miss some time or he might look limited, but I, I think Miami's gonna just like they prepared for Giannis, like Giannis mm-hmm. went down and they, you know, he missed those two games and they were ready. They were ready for when he came back because they were preparing for Giannis to play. And I, I think that's how, like, I think that's how Miami operates. So, yeah. So the other big question I have and like, yes, Jimmy Butler going off is I think expected at this point because we're on our third of the last four postseasons where he has shown the tendency to go off and have a legendary night. So I'm expecting a Jimmy Butler game or two in the series. Um, but the shooting, my goodness, the the Miami Heat in the first round. So it's why I, throughout my preparation, I, 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 I kind of just ignored the entire regular season stats of it, like where they ranked offensively, where they ranked defensively. Because I wanted to make sure, like, I prepared for this version of the Heat. Can I just, for everybody listening, everybody watching, here's some stats. So the Miami Heat shot 45% from three in the first round. Um, one, two, hold on. One, two, three, four, five, six, six players that took at least 15 threes shot above 40%, including Duncan Robinson, who shot 14 of 19. For 74% from three. He's back, baby. Oh, my gosh. Jimmy Butler with, with all. So I, I listened to their watch the pod you did with uh, Nikias uh, Duncan of the Dunker Spot. And the, the 35% usage rate and an under 10% turnover percentage. Insane. Is nuts. And I went, I went and looked like how many pe- players have done it in NBA history. And it's like AI, the year he won MVP. MJ's first title season, Mello the year he finished third in MVP. There's two T Mac seasons in there, and Kobe the year Kobe in 06, which is one of the best offensive seasons I've ever seen. Like that's what Jimmy Butler was in the first round, and he did it on like 60 percent field goal percentage and a 65 percent. True shooting percentage was through the roof. I know that yeah. free throw shooting kind of took a hit, um, probably probably the exhaustion, but he's a really good free throw shooter. Yeah. So I, the shooting low is the big thing that stood out to me as an outlier. Do you think, cause the Knicks are going to play a lot of drop in this series. At least I think they're going to play. Yeah. A lot yeah. Of drop I in think this series and you, their real strategy this season and more specifically in the Cavs series was like, they will pick certain guys that we will leave open. And like, if you make it, then that person's going to beat us. Do you think the shooting's real? How much of a drop off do you expect if it's not? And who, if we're at, we as Knicks fans, should we be afraid of that if you leave them open, they're going to burn us? So, to kind of tackle all of it, yeah, go ahead. So Miami, Miami's shooting started to pick up kind of like two weeks after the All Star break. Mm-hmm. These guys started to shoot more like themselves. The the numbers are are there. 
And I wasn't so sure how much I was buying it because, you know, the, the season prior. So the year that they made the conference finals last season, they were the best three point shooting team in the league. Mm-hmm. Now, all those guys that were really good in that season were really bad this season. Max Drews, bad. Gabe Vincent, bad. You know, um, Duncan Robinson, bad. Like all these, uh, Caleb Martin, bad. Like all these, all Depot, bad. Like all these guys who were like really, really good at, at kind of shooting the ball in space, Kyle Lowry, bad. They were all just like negative spacers this year. They mm. went from really good to really bad. And then now they're really good again. So I'm like, you know, I, as somebody who cares about the team, I'm like, and, and as somebody who like wants to cover and do a good job, I'm like, well, which is the real them? That I don't know. I, I actually don't have an answer. I would say that guys who are undrafted, like most of these guys, are going to have highs and lows. And I just think that's a product of Miami being super capped out and having a shop in the bargain bin, which is the G League and like, second way players like Caleb Martin was a two way contract when they signed him, who's turned out really good and all that stuff. So they're going to take a, they're going to have a little bit of a decline. I think the difference between Milwaukee and, and New York and their drop is obviously Milwaukee has the super deep drop. Mitchell Robinson plays really a lot closer to the level. I think New York also is like a little bit more willing to switch stuff. So if Duncan bam handoffs become a problem, I think they're comfortable switching that. I think like Emmanuel quickly is like awesome. And he's such a good screen navigator. So, you know, him or, or Quinn Grimes or whoever can, can be on Duncan. And you could switch that with Bam. And I know that sounds crazy. It's like, oh my God, we're going to switch our small onto a big. Bam is like not a guy who will post you up. Mm. He's not good at that. You can look at the numbers. That's not his game. He doesn't want to do that. And that's what teams have always done to them. And that kind of is what really took Robinson kind of out of his out of his like kind of rhythm which is why like he just recently came back against a Milwaukee team that won't switch and he can you know none of those guys can stick with him. So the pull-ups are going to be available to them. They're going to be tighter cuz Robinson's, you know, Mitchell's going to be like a lot closer to the level of the screen. I think for some guys it'll be more comfortable like Kyle Lowry. I think he didn't know what to do with the amount of space that Lopez gave. I think guys like him who want to get to the basket are going to have a bit of an easier time against that coverage. But other guys like Vincent and Struess and Duncan are going to have a little bit of a harder time. So I think there's going to be a shooting decline. I can't even answer the question as to how much because maybe they go back to like how they were in the regular season. And they suck ass. And if that's the case, they lose a series. Like absolutely. Right. Like they need to, they need to have some sort of like these guys need to hit shots because Jimmy can't do everything. And I think if you're like, you're, I think, and I don't, I want to be like rah, rah, heat guy. And I want to believe, but like, I think like to expect Jimmy to put up the same numbers that he just did against Milwaukee, against New York, not even because like New York's a better defense. Cause I think New York was like one of like an okay defense in the regular season. I know in the playoffs, they've been good. I think part of that is like Cleveland's anemic offense, which again, Miami could be susceptible to. I just think like him doing that. Like, I just think with Jimmy, I like, I don't like Bill Simmons. I'm sure like your listeners don't like Bill Simmons either. I only think Bill Simmons is good for contextualizing historical moments in basketball. So after the 56, I, I listened to, to the BS podcast to kind of see what he had to say. Uh, it was bad. Spoiler alert, as, as, <laughs> as it always is. But he did say something interesting. He's like, and I've always kind of thought of Jimmy as like in that Kawhi, like that Kawhi kind of caliber of player. But the difference is like Kawhi is like, you know, when he's available, which is a big deal, Kawhi is mm-hmm. fucking consistent. Like yeah. Jimmy's not that level of consistency. So I don't, I don't know what we get. I know I've seen the numbers of Josh Hart defending Jimmy. It looks super favorable for New York. I'm not sure I'm there on that. And I know you asked me about the shooting and we're going all over the place. But again, it's all intertwined. This is good. Go ahead. Uh, Jimmy is a pull-up shooter. I just don't know how much you get. He started to cool off for the tail end of that buck series. So I don't know. I, I think that it's like a toss-up for the shooting 
um, for Miami. I do think that because the Knicks play drop, Miami is going to have shots available. And I think if you're like these limited role players, that's beneficial to you. You always want to go against a drop. Miami has historically always been good against drop, especially these role guys, because you have a built-in shot there for you. And I think that kind of comfort level, it's like worst case scenario, I have a pull-up 17-footer, which Thibodeau is like, yes. Yeah, and you if that. you're a Miami role player, you're like, well, that's a shot I can get, and it's not a turnover. And I think if you're the Knicks, you want Miami to turn the ball over, you want them to force into long jumpers, and you don't want them to go to the free throw line, and you want an offensive rebound. And I think if you're Miami, you know, and I say this, in the nicest and also meanest way possible to troll the fans. I think if you're Miami, you want New York to actually have to play basketball because they're going to offensive rebound you to death and get out in transition. And I think if you're Miami, you actually want to like, no, you motherfuckers have to play half court basketball. You guys have to show us that you can shoot and you could do stuff. And I think that dynamic is like actually really fun. I just don't know how they, they like, what's their counter to their dominance on the boards is like the Miami. Yeah. Miami. Like what do they do to stop Mitch? Well, like, the the so the the thing with I mean Bam's a good re- Miami's a really good defensive rebounding team and I think like Jared Allen's a toothpick and Evan Mobley's like compared really young. to compared yeah. to that yes yes I'm I mean just wondering Kevin, if it's gonna take two guys can Kevin Love do it they're gonna then play there's the Randall aspect of it then there's the Josh Hart aspect of it like the Knicks have multiple good rebounders I think know? the Knicks are gonna rebound well this series I think like it's like I just think if you're Miami you gotta limit it and I think okay. Bam's of like. That's a young team. And I'm not saying like New York can't reproduce that, but I think like Spoh's going to scout that and they're going to be like, okay, well, we're going to crash. We're not going to, I mean, and that's what they did in the Buck series. They kind of like, okay, like one guy's back in transition and it's like usually, you know, whatever, like Vincent or something or, 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 or Struess or some, some charge taker, right? This is mm-hmm. like the super Miami BS. And we're going to crash the boards. It's going to be like Kyle, who's a really good rebounder, Jimmy, Bam, Kevin Love, right? All these guys are going to crash. And between Love and Bam, you kind of hoping your two big lineups, you can kind of hold them off. I know that like Obi and uh, Mitchell Robinson lineups together have been really successful or Hartenstein and, and, uh, and top end lineups have been super successful together. So if you're, if you're Miami, you're just like, okay, well, when they play those bigger lineups, we got to make sure that we size up right? We can't, we can't go super small mm-hmm. there, which is an advantage to New York. But uh, I think if you can kill the drop enough, you can force them, you can force them to downsize a little bit and maybe play like, like, t- like, uh, like Robinson, Randall, like RJ as a front court. And if you could do that, I think that's a win because they're a little bit smaller and those guys are more perimeter oriented. So like those long rebounds, it becomes more 50, 50 balls. I think that's kind of a way you can kind of finagle that math. Also, you know, you, you defend well, you know, you, you force guys to take long shots, you know, all of a sudden, you know, you can land a leak out and transition you. There's ways to manipulate that. I think it starts with their defense that has been shaky at best since all-star break. So that's, that's kind of where I stand on, on limiting. I guess it's gonna, it's interesting for me to see who makes the first chess move or do the heat decide we have to go small and force the Knicks out of the drop and force the Knicks to um, force the Knicks to have to guard us on the perimeter, which takes away from their rebounding advantage. Um, I just, the offensive glass is really more what I'm focused about. Like if the heat hit shots, the heat hit shots. I think that's what the Knicks strategy is going to be. Um, the offensive glass, like I, if Kevin loves on the floor, that means like if Julius Randall can take advantage of, of him, I'll take it. 
You know, like if Duncan's on the floor, then that's an RJ matchup that I like. The The Knicks are also going to have to hit shots this series, which is why Quentin Grimes to me is important. It's quickly needs to have a much better offensive series uh, for sure. Um, but I guess we'll see. What's up, Knicks fans? GMAC here interrupting this episode with a very important programming note. As you know, the New York Knicks take on the Miami Heat in the second round of the NBA playoffs. Game one is hosted by the Knicks at Madison Square Garden. I can't believe it either. Well, if you can't afford to go to the game or just don't want to go to the game, but you still want to watch the game with a bunch of raucous Knicks fans like yourself. You know where you got to go? It's the second ever KFS playoff watch party, baby. We're going to Penn 6, 132 West 31st Street, Midtown. It's walking distance from Madison Square Garden. The frequently asked questions we get. It's free of charge. Bring your kids. Bring your friends. You could bring as many friends as you want to. Let's pack that place out with Knicks fans. There's even drink specials on the menu this time. $5 on select drafts. $6 on house wine. $8 on house drinks. You want to be there and watch it with the KFS crew. Game one, Knicks against the Heat. It's going down. Again, that's 132 West 31st Street. Be there at 1230 when the New York Knicks take on the Miami Heat. Let's turn it over to the, the Knicks Nation watching live, if that's okay. Uh, Hold on. I, I, I want to correct you. Oh, go ahead. Because your, your chat did correct me, and they said that Obi and, and Mitchell don't play a lot together. You're right. It was Hartenstein and, and Obi. Yeah, Hartenstein. Yeah, Hart- that's their second most used big lineup in the playoffs and they're plus 15 net rating with a 90 defensive rating. So that's, that's huge. And their opponents are shooting 22% from three against those lineups in the playoffs. So that, that was the lineup. I'm sorry. It wasn't Mitch. It wasn't Look Mitch. At and you scouting the chat. You're prepared. I, I have, I haven't pulled up. Somebody called me fat. Yeah. That, there's going to be, there's a lot of that. But. Yeah. That's, I mean, come on. I mean, what do you get creative? I'll never forget. One guy in middle school told me, get the cellulite out of your ears. And I was like, that is the funniest fat joke I've ever heard. <laughs> That's the bar, guys. New York, the okay. bar is the bar is Lewis in middle school computer class telling me to get the cellulite out of my ears and listen to what I'm telling you. That's the damn bar, New York. Bring it. Bring it like your fathers and uncles and parents did in the 90s. Bring it. Let's go. I want, I want real insults. Come on, New York. Let's go. Oh, you wanted them. I, I want about, it, dude. I want the rivalry, bro. You're I, about I, to get I them, want, believe me. <laughs> I want your chat to come at me. We're having fun. It's Heat Knicks. Let's bring it back, baby. Listen, I went on your show and someone said I looked like you if you grew up in a white neighborhood. That and was re- really funny. The rest is kind of history. So <laughs> I I'm fully I prepared like for both sides of this. <laughs> I grew up in the suburbs of Miami. I grew up in, I, grew up in nice I also place. grew up in like a very, very Hispanic neighborhood on Long Island. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, exactly. That's the funniest part about it. <laughs> I grew up around Colombians. I don't, I don't know yeah. where you grew up. Yeah, so. I am All right. Let's get to the let's get to the chat. Shout out to everybody. Watching live, shout out to everybody that um like and subscribe, uh, support like and subscribe, man. of course. And of course, the Miami Heat beat. I recommend them. I don't know how much you're gonna like them after this series because they're gonna be talking a ton of shit on hangover time, but I enjoy the comment chat, man. If, yeah. if you guys want to come post game and we go live, if you want to peek in and see what we're saying, come at us, man. We'll we'll uh, our host Alf. I filled in last week. Alf is outstanding. Yeah. Our host, he'll go at you, man. He's he he's 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 from New York. So he'll go. He'll go at Nick fans. Uh, In so, hangover time tradition, though, are you? I don't know if you have anything. What are we drinking tonight? What are we today, drinking? Today uh, it was water. It was I, water. Uh, Red yeah, Bull. We're good. I have, I have a seven a.m. flight tomorrow, so ah, I just, I just okay. got off work. So no. Oh, well, well. Hopefully, you're able to get some before that flight. Um. Wow. We're we're 
I'm going to ignore the chat and get away from the insults. Okay, let's start with Ryan Huang, who uh, has our first question. Uh, thank you, Ryan, as always, Why for the slandering con- Rick Ross. Or yes, Rick they Ross, are. <laughs> get, get, guys, go after, go after Riley, please. I, all of them. Hey, thank get, you, Chad, for going after Rick Ross and not Pitbull. We don't really claim Pitbull like that. We really? Claim, yeah, we, I, don't, I don't know. I don't really like You claim him. Rick Ross, though? Yeah, I like Rick Ross, yeah. Okay. Although he's a little annoying because like he he was like he said nice things about the Knicks and I was like, buddy, you pick a damn side. We're doing that today with Michael Rappaport. How he like didn't. There's no way you guys like him. No, we hate him. Yeah, I I would hate him. The thing with Rappaport is he like he denounced the Knicks and was like in in Brooklyn gear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Playoff games and he posted a video today like New York is. I saw that. I saw. And we're united in everywhere. Yes. Listen, I I legitimately can't stand him, and I hope like bad things happen to his career. I genuinely don't like him. And I'm hoping that deep, pla- deep platform, like I get it. Hoping nobody's someone gets banned from MSG is like a touchy subject. That's the one that if he's on the list, it's like, Oh, you know what? Okay. Yeah, I, I get it. You know what? That's, Jimmy? A, that's a win. That's, that's a win. A, that's a, that's a plus. That's, that's a plus. A yeah. Okay. Ryan Wong. Thank you for the contribution, Ryan, as always. Ayo Giancarlo. I got a deal that will work for everyone. Knicks take the series in five and then the heat quote unquote, Fans get to do their favorite May-June pastime early by hitting the beach and the club. Win-win, no? I'm telling you, the May-June pastime is not that. It's too hot and there's too many tourists. It's a mm. March. It's a March-April thing. The this March-April is the time. thing. It's a March. Like, the beach for us is March-April. It's way too hot right now. Maybe, like, some Labor Day holidays will go boating. It's too hot. That's May, May and June is for y'all. When you guys come here, because you always leave your city to come live here. That's for you guys. April, April, March, that's for us. I, I did and listen, August last you, year. You, so I you get club, it. Yeah. You club after the game. I mean, they, they get, you know, we go to live doesn't start until like midnight or 1 a.m. anyway. Mm-hmm. So hit up club live after after the game. That's that's how that works. Thank you, Ryan. Uh Josso Focus. That's a cute eight seed that beat a Giannis deficient Bucks team. Hashtag NYK in five or six. So how what they beat what, Giannis. What do you want I to, to say? say? Like they did beat Giannis in four you got, and five. Hold on. Right? I want to say something to that person because I saw oh, okay. a hell of a lot of Nick fans wanting to play the Heat and not the Bucks. So all I know is that y'all were kind of scared of him. <laughs> so, I was terrified of the Bucks if Giannis was healthy. Nick Fred talking yes. spicy after we beat the team that y'all didn't want to play. Like, what's right, going on? Because now we have a chance to move on. Listen, you wanted thought, the wor- you wanted the worst team. You didn't I mean, want the you didn't want the team. you didn't want the big dog. So don't I, be don't be talking shit now because you guys were like hiding behind the tables. Like, so is, are they gonna win? Are they gonna listen? We, we appreciate that you eliminated the fraudulent Milwaukee Bucks for us. We appreciate it, and now we'll be stepping our way past you because we're the better team on our way to the conference finals. If that's okay, in the spirit of Jasso Focus, absolutely. There you go. Um, next up, uh, Bernard Richardson. Respect to you, G. You lost your mind a few weeks ago, but you'll be good here once this is over <laughs> very soon. <laughs> I'm feeling respectful today. So hashtag Nixon five. You are uh, you are welcome to to believe that. I don't you know, I, mm-hmm. I want listen. I think I'll get your prediction be- before. We Andrew, you and I are rooting for a long series because we want the content. financial benefit of yes. content content. Yeah. So we want Nick's heat in seven. I would like Nixon. We would yes. like a seven game series for a maximum dollar. 
Yes, I met my. I'm not saying bill. I'm not saying who my wins. Therapy bill. I'm just saying <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, when the direct, when the blue wire direct deposit hits, that's the other part. You know yeah, what I mean? We're, we're kind of you know we're blue wire fam. That's, that's true. That is very true. Uh, Bernard Richardson with another one. He actually has a basketball question. Who guards RJ and what team did they end up playing? <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> he uh, he he snuck one in here. All right, who guards RJ and what team did they end up playing on next? season once they release this after the series dog i'm gonna tell you something i don't want max Drews here next year so like can we put max on him and then we can get rid- i don't want to pay max that's my mm-hmm. thing but i imagine uh i, I think that i think miami is going to play a lot of it straight up like i think vincent's going to start off on brunson and bam on on mitchell and then kind of kevin on on whoever or maybe kevin kevin will guard mitchell and bam the four it kind of depends on who you guys start depending on randall right because randall usually starts at the four correct yeah. So I think Bam would start on Randall and then Love on Mitchell because they don't want they, I don't think they'll want Mitchell uh Love on on Randall. So uh I think Jimmy on RJ makes sense and then Struce on Brunson, really? No, no, Gabe on Gabe on Brunson. Gabe on Brunson. So then I think they're gonna play the matchup straight up to start okay. and then they'll adjust as they go. I, I do think they'll keep the size. And part of that's like the rebounding, right? And uh, Vincent's a, a pretty good point of attack defender. I think Caleb Martin is gonna spend a lot of time on um on Jalen Brunson, which he did in their matchups in the regular, and that's like they like him guarding point guards. I think Jimmy will kind of be on RJ or Josh Hart. Like they want Jimmy to help as well. Like they want him at the nail, kind of helping. So they mm-hmm. like to put him on something. I mean, he'll guard guys like straight up when he has to, but I think for the flow of the game, they'll kind of move him around. But I do think he'll spend a lot of time on RJ. That's fascinating. Okay. Wow. What did you think they were gonna do for I RJ? Thought- the, the the best recipe for Miami success was to me was that third game that the Heat won where the Heat well it was Tyler Hero that they just kind of let RJ cook and RJ had one of his best games of the season then but Jimmy started on Brunson and it was like our two best defenders are going to guard your two best offensive weapons and however many points you score you score well and let's remember that Bam is dealing with a hamstring injury right now too so yeah I that's think why that- him on Julius is actually like I don't, I'm not gonna say it's, it's a fair fight. Miami. It's, it's a, a fair, fair fight, right? Like Julius on one one wheel and Bam with well, that, that hip. Bam is, on Randall is more of a love on, not on Randall thing, right? And right. I'm if if Randall's limited, they may try love on Randall and live with the result. That acts that might be another thing that they do. So I, I think ideally you want Bam in screening actions, even if he's limited. I mean, you saw at the end of that that Bucks game. I mean, he absolutely stonewalled Giannis. And that's kind of like the upside that you get from him. But I think I, I think he'll spend some time on RJ. Max will spend some time on RJ in the starting lineup. Nikias and I felt that they played this straight up with Vincent. They might go Jimmy on Brunson. That's an interesting wrinkle. We didn't really discuss that. I think we both kind of felt confident in that. But that and I and I I'm a little worried about the foul drawing because I mean he's really good at and I think you want you need Jimmy on the court in this series. That's another reason why I was like, I think he'll do it for important stretches, maybe not like to start. Look, man, there's a whistle aspect of this series that it's going to be gross. I just I'm worried it's going to come into play on both sides. Like, is Mitch not able to be a weapon because Jimmy's got three fouls on him in the first half? Are are the Knicks able to take advantage of what they've done all year by getting to the line with RJ and with Brunson and with Randall the, this series? So I'm I'm very fascinated to see if. Not, not to go full conspiracy theorist. Shout out Bill Simmons, but uh, if the league wants this to go seven, and we see the calls affect that way. I, I, um, by the way, I want to clarify. I don't. I don't. 
I don't buy into that. Like even Milwaukee got like a pretty favorable whistle, especially think, game five. Yeah. To anybody like I, I'm talking only game five. Like yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. think that was the only game that I felt like the whistle was a little weird. But listen, home teams sometimes get a better whistle because referees are, are humans. I'm not like a guy that I'll never be like, oh, you know, bot series or whatever. I know probably people are like you're a fan. Of course, you don't say that. Mm-hmm. Um, even when it goes against Miami, I don't I don't like that. And I think that's I think that's just generally bad for a league. And I think if you cover our league and love our league, I think, you know, obviously we have to do our jobs like covering it. But I, I think that like peddling that stuff is like a not fair to the players that earn it. So like if like, I don't know if like New York gets a favorable whistle and he fans are like, well, the, you know, the refs, you know, bought. I think that's like fucked up to like the league and mainly like the Knicks, like players and, and coaching mm-hmm. staff. So I don't like doing that. Like, you know, even Milwaukee got a whistle, but I was like, they went to the paint and Miami didn't. And that's what like that. And MVP whistles a thing. That's not a conspiracy. That's just life. So. Can I, I ask you a, a general NBA good for the league question? Of course. <clears> yeah. So there's a chance we're recording this. Well, live streaming this at 5:40 PM Eastern. Um, there's a chance if the Lakers and the Warriors win tonight, that what happened? Uh, somebody called Bam Bambi. And I thought that was pretty funny. That's actually funny. Well done, Ben. Um, because, because yeah, because he's, he's kind of like, you know, he's hurting. It's coming off the bu- I don't know if there was a buck Bambi, on there. Yeah, no, Bambi's very mom. Yeah, there you go. That um, was very funny. Uh, B Kim Gurvey. Yeah, ben Kim Gurvey. Shout out, Ben. He's one of our patrons. Um, so there's a chance if the Lakers and Warriors win tonight that, like, I'm I'm cool. I'm I'm big on historical anomalies and and unprecedented things happening. And there's a chance we get a one, a two, a three, a four, a five, a six, a seven, yes, and an I saw eight, that advancing into the next round. Do you think it's good for the league that kind of parity and the fact that two playing teams have a legitimate shot to make it to? I'll just I'll give the Heat the amount of credit or respect that like they were in the conference finals last year. It's not crazy to say they make it to the conference finals again, even though I don't think they're going to. But as far as good for the league is concerned, do you think it's good that the play-in now officially matters that you can make the play-in and make the conference finals, maybe even the finals or as someone who experienced the heatles and that big three era with the heat, is it better when there's one villain and we're all shooting for him? I, I think the villain aspect is good, which is why I think it's important. Like the warriors are alive, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're like a huge heel. Um, at the end of the day, like if Atlanta beat Boston and your second round is um, Philadelphia, Atlanta, Miami, New York, I don't really think that's good for the sport. Like, mm-hmm. I think you need like the biggest stars. Like, I think like probably like, you know, Bucks, Bucks, Knicks is like way more favorable for, I mean, I think heat Knicks works because of the history behind it and the markets and like, there's something important there, but I I think generally, you know, it's, it's good for the best players and the best teams to always be good. I'm actually not a fan of the plan. Um, I don't like it. Yeah. I, I, I think it's like, I think rewarding the 10 seed is like kind of lame. I think like, you know what I mean? Um, and as somebody that like, you know, I, I also don't like how it makes everyone buyers at the deadline. And mm-hmm. I think that lack of activity, like teams think that, well, you know, and, and guys like GM for their job and they're like, Oh, if we get in the plan, maybe we can round one. That might save my job. I'm not going to sell. And I just think that like that kind of stagnation is like kind of boring for the league. Um, I don't, I don't like it. You know, even though like my team was in it this year. Um, I've been pretty consistent. I know that like, and for me as a fan, like, you know, they lost against Atlanta, like, and it was pretty embarrassing. And I was like, 
yeah, that wasn't fun. And then they beat Chicago in like an exciting game. And I was like, I'm not going to pound my chest for beating the 10 seed. Mm. Like it's just it, winning isn't even fun in the play-in. Like I'm not Pat Bev. I'm like, that shit's embarrassing. Like we were the, we were, we were in the play-in and you beat a bad team. Like I'm not going to like chest pound. So I don't know, maybe it's different. And again, like, I think, you know, watching like such a historically like successful organization might feel different. Like if you watch the Timberwolves, it's and that's not like a shot at the Timberwolves fans, but it's just different. You know what I mean? Like it's a perspective. I'm yeah, not like, like far yeah. removed from like watching like te- like teams in the finals or like I've been to parades and ring nights and stuff. So like watching a playing game, I'm just like, this is like so lame. Was as opposed to like maybe like a Timber, even like as Nick fans, like you guys have like seen and been through like a lot of like big stuff. And I think like winning a playing game just doesn't feel right. Again, that's my perspective, like as a Heat fan and as somebody who covers the team. So I think it's a I think it's a an unmitigated success. It is great television. The games have been really fun and dramatic. Like the product is the plan as a product is fantastic. Mm-hmm. I personally don't like it, uh, but I love watching the game. So I guess it does work. I'm just saying like, I don't like it when I don't like it for my team or whatever. And I, I yeah, so that's kind of my take on it. I'll just so what it's done to the sport this year, all but five teams, all but four teams won at least 33 games. And the parody, I think it's created because there's just more and more teams thinking, well, we have a shot at the 10 seed rather than making the pivot to being complete ass for the last two months of the season because we have no shot at the eight seed. I, I think it's better for the sport. It's created, it created like the West was like a fun oh, race for to watch sure. yeah, in absolutely. the second half of the season, you know? Um, but I like, I like what EJ once said. He goes, this guy's an idiot. Why is it better to reward the eight seed who was maybe just a little healthier than the 10 seed? That's actually a great point. And I actually, ironically enough, I thought the Lakers, the year that they beat the Warriors, I actually thought that was fair for them. Cause like, you, you know, sometimes freak injuries happen and like you lose LeBron for like three weeks and that like tanks your season. You know what I mean? And that, so that matters. So like, I think that's like actually like a really good point that your chat made, even though they called me an idiot, which shout I out chat, shout out chat. Listen, I am an yeah. idiot. I, I, I'm a hater. I'm an idiot. I'm all the above. So, you know, you guys come at me. There you go. Well, we're back to going the disrespectful route. Shout out, Jasso. Jasso focused with another one in the super chat. I'm not feeling respectful. What was it that Giancarlo said New Yorkers have every right to say? What was it that Giancarlo said that New Yorkers have every right to say? Something about weight and intelligence? What did I say? What did you say? I don't know. Can somebody remind me in Uh, chat? Someone in the chat reminds me. Did I tweet it? You might you might have said it on Twitter. On you might have pod, said it on Hangover yeah, I don't know. Time. Somebody remind me. I say a lot of yes. things. Yes, I've done. Uh, they joke in my chat. They're like, "Is the IRS after you've been on like every day for three weeks?" <laughs> I, I've said so much stuff that I don't even know. I do YouTube as well. I do YouTube content for other uh-huh. stuff that's not basketball. I, I'm fried. I don't know what I've said. So please, somebody remind me. I think it all it all melds together. It was on the Jod saying it was on this pod. Jod, put it in the chat. Yeah, and put it in the I'll chat. Read it, in the chat. I'll yeah. read it live. Yeah. I'll answer, clearly, I'll answer my Giancarlo's reading live. So he got you. Yeah. yeah Dan Hidalgo. Thank you, Jan, uh, Dan, for your contribution in Super Chat. Gotta respect Giancarlo's passion. And he's not alone. There are a lot of analysts that have been sleeping on New York. Enjoy the roast, sir. Can we talk about that? Because it's like, we're a fucking five and an eight seed playing. Like, we're, none of us are good. You know what I mean? Like we're, you know what I mean? Like it's like the mid is, you know, we're like the, the, the tier of mid, like, mm-hmm. come on, let's be I, real guys. They should like, I don't know, man. Like they're going to make a, like one of these teams is making the conference finals. Cause they got like an easy bracket. Well, I guess Miami, well, even Miami in a way, like you only have to, you don't have to play Boston or Philadelphia. 
and you know you don't have to play like uh, another like cleveland or anything like who you know apparently probably maybe that would have been more favorable because cleveland really kind of wet the bed but i don't know man it's like and by the way, the Knicks are favored. So the analysts clearly have are not sleeping on you. Well, no, you're the, you're that's the favorite. Vegas, though. That's Vegas, though. I you're the favorite. The, a lot whatever, of the analysts are picking New York. Whatever they inside the NBA crew said last night about how they, they all picked. Uh, <laughs> that's like, you're not good. You wouldn't good. <laughs> okay, blood, blood okay, the five seed. Yeah, you're not you're not good at Dykeman either. That's a shout out to that side talk video. Um, I love so, those videos. So the... I'll concede that the Knicks would have had a much easier, will have had a much easier path to the Eastern Conference because you did have to go through a one seed. I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm not discounting the fact that Giannis missed like all but 11 minutes of the first three games. So I have no idea what factor it would have made. Well, on the series. I will say, listen, obviously, like the Giannis injury, like any Heat fan that's like, no, that didn't factor in is like fucking crazy. Of course it factored in. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and, and like I, they, they did. Kick mm-hmm. Milwaukee's ass when Giannis played the two games and the eleven minutes that Giannis did play, they were they were winning by like double digits, I believe. They were winning by some amount, I believe it was. Double so digits. can I put that into context though? Because Giannis was on the floor for both of those fourth quarter collapses, which is what I think skews the numbers a tad. You know, like the fact that the fact that Budge and this is like my biggest takeaway from those last two 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 games. Like I rewatched both of them over the last two days. Like a better coach, I'll just say it. Tibbs doesn't lose either of those games. And I personally watched Tibbs every time the Cavs made a run, know exactly when to make the timeout, know exactly what adjustments to make, know exactly what lineup or substitution to make. There's one, there's literally two mistakes from the Cavs series. I think Tibbs is I a much better uh, playoff coach than, than Bud. But, Easily. You know, yeah. I mean, that that's part of the team you beat, right? It's like, like, you know, I'm not playing. I'm not, I don't want to discount what the Heat did. I'm no, I know, just saying, and, I, like, and I'm saying like, I didn't, you know, they didn't beat the Bucks with Greg Popovich. They beat the Bucks as they've been all year. Yeah. It's like the, you you don't get to do a coach draft. Like, so like, Again, I'm, I'm trying. I, I know no, that I, I get you. I get minimizing. You. I just like, oh, and I, listen, the, and I, the, I think the heat path will have gone, been going through a one seed. You cannot, they got lucky, bro. Them, you, they, you know? but that's why like, like, and a lot of heat fans like wanted to tank this season. Cause like, obviously like, you know, they're like, okay, well like this isn't going well. Like let's try to like get a better pick. And their Miami's cap situation is pretty bad. And, you know, one of the reasons why you play it out is because, like, sometimes you get lucky. You know what I mean? And, by the way, Miami, when they went to the finals, they, you know, they beat the Bucks healthy. Well, Giannis, I guess, got hurt that one game, and then they, wo- they, won, the, they won the game without him. So, mm-hmm. the, uh, yeah. Milwaukee won the game without him, and then he came yeah. back. Um, Miami got hurt in the finals. They lost Bam, and they lost Goran Dragic, who was their leading scorer in the playoffs. Not Jimmy. It was Gogi. And they lost Bam in game one. Bam came back, and he was, like, a husk, and he couldn't, like, move his shoulder it was really bad and Goran had like a really bad foot injury then in the conference finals they lost hero for two games um the last two or three games they lost jimmy for a game in that conference final i don't think people remember mm-hmm. that jimmy missed time in that celtic series pj tucker was hurt kyle lowry missed a lot of the playoffs and was playing hurt he did not look like kyle lowry um and max Bruce was playing with an injury so like they've had like a really bad like stretch of like bad luck which you know that's that's basketball. Like, you know, you could say like at the end of the day, they didn't win. And like, I'm not saying that, but, I'm, you know, sometimes you get lucky. Sometimes you don't, you know, so kind of kind of is what it is. But like, you know, they got lucky. They beat the Bucks, And when Giannis played, like they they answered the bell. They won. They were down double digits in the fourth quarter on the road against the two time MVP and the two time coach of the year. And they won. 
Like, I, I guess my big. I don't know. What, do you, what, what is your chat? I don't know. What do you want to say? Like, you could maybe say, like, yeah, the Bucks shit themselves, but like, I mean, have to hit shots. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. I think the larger point I personally am making is like, I'm not, like, I do think a reset button was hit come game one of the playoffs and the, the mid tier that the Knicks and Heat may find themselves in. I think I'm more of a subscriber to like, no, this is one of the final eight teams. Like this is no, they, and that's fair. They may Andrew, be seven and eight, but like they I kicked I, Cleveland's ass. Like, that was not a series. Yeah, that's that the number, was that's not number one defense, top 10 offense. And they the made Cavs that were in look, game five, not knowing what lineup to play. That you know? looked like a one, eight matchup. Yeah. That's yeah. what that looked like. Like New York absolutely earned that. And they kicked New York's, they kicked Cleveland's ass and they earned that. Like New York absolutely deserves their stripes. And to be here, like, that you know, MSG, the vibe was awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, bigger staff was totally shell shocked. Tibbs absolutely coached that around team. him. Yeah, New York's Mitchell, energy Lord. Yeah. was crazy. What Josh Hart did, you know, it's been celebrated a lot on Twitter, but give that man his flowers because he one of the best, if not the best, midseason acquisition in the sport. It's him or Durant. It's literally him. But or I'm like, not counting but, stars. I'm counting like role. Oh guys. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess him. it'd be like yeah. him or Rui, right? Or I, I don't know who else is. Oh, in that conversation. Yeah. 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 He played really well, but I put Josh Hart ahead of him. I think the impact that that guy's had is like incredible for New York. So like they deserve their flowers, man. I mean, like I joke and like we're five versus an eight, but like they're the five and the eight that won. And, and it kind of is what it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully it's a, a fun series, at least, even if it is 5v, 5v8. Uh, Jasso focused again. Very curious to know what Giancarlo's prediction was prior to the Miami play-in game versus Atlanta. If the belief was Miami, does the inconsistency scare you? That I just want to point out is the craziest part about this. That the way we yes. ended up with Nick's Heat is not the 4-5 that we were wondering if that was going to be the matchup or even the 3-6. We talked about that when I came on here. That's why I was like, maybe we're we're headed toward that in the 4-5 matchup if like both of us can beat out Cleveland and Brooklyn falls off. And then that Brooklyn game on Udonis has the night happen. It was like, oh, maybe the Heat are falling into the play-in and we're never going to see them again. And here we are. They had to lose a play-in game, then beat the Bulls, which that was a a toss-up going into the fourth quarter. And then this oh, series, like crap that game. both of these series happens and we're getting the exceed. So I guess to Jaw's question, does inconsistency scare you? Yeah, no. And that's kind of been the theme of this pod, right? Like you asked me like, how's Miami shooting? I was like, oh, yeah, fuck if I know, like they've just been a bad, like they've been like a mid team and they're like shooting's really inconsistent. Like I think the high end of what they can do is really special. I do think that they're still missing like a guy at the four who can like play wing and switch and stuff like that pillar of their defense is lost without PJ Tucker or Jay Crowder from a couple of years ago. Like that, that kind of piece is that like switchy wing four next to Bam is like not there. So I do think that like their high end compared to last season is like not there. And also heroes out, mm. which he's their, he's their second leading scorer. He is so important to what they do on offense. And no, their offense wasn't good, but he's like truly like this would have been the series that they would really need him. Uh, cause like, you know, he's a guy that can't create off pull-ups. He can hit more contested shots than the other guys in pick and roll. He's better. I do think he's a target on defense, but uh I, you know, they're gonna miss him on offense. I mean, they're they're gonna, you know, if he's the guy that was consistent, and now you have to depend on more guys that aren't, that's another ball handler loss. So yeah, John, like I am, the inconsistency does worry me. And I thought Miami, when I went into that Atlanta playing game and bro, I thought they were going to win. I made plans on Friday. I was like <laughs> planning my life around them winning that game. Um, 
I made you know, and I, I didn't, Fridays. I didn't pick them to beat the Bucks. Yeah. yeah. I listen, I didn't pick, I didn't think they'd be here. Like I'm not out here pretending like I knew the whole time. I, you know, I I am going to the Kentucky Derby next weekend. Oh, like I, I didn't know that this was gonna happen. You know what I mean? Now I'm like, they play on Saturday, and I was like, I pray to God they have the 8:30 slot because I'm fucked. Mm. So uh life comes at you fast. Yeah, man. I'm I'm happy with the the kind of success and the way that Jimmy's played, but you know, of course, inconsistency is like going to be a thing with this team. Like, if they lay an egg against New York, I'm not going to sit here surprised. Like, I'm not stupid. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I've I've been doing Miami Heapy for ten years. I mm. I think I know a little something or two about the league, so I wouldn't be surprised. But I did pick them to beat Atlanta. And hey, credit to Coach Quinn Snyder. What they did, which was really good. That's the yeah. best defense they played against Jimmy. They put John Collins on him. They swarmed him, similar to what Miami does. They manipulated the low man in pick and roll like as good as I've seen anybody do it in Miami. They made Kyle Lowry or Gabe Vincent the low man for Capella kind of going to the basket. And I think New York can replicate some of that. So I'd, I kind of look out to see what they do there. But, you know, huge shout out to Atlanta for like truly Spo looked unprepared and the team looked unprepared for that game. So this is what it is. That was the, yeah, that was Capella getting 21 offensive rebounds. That was the thought I had in doing some of the research. It's like, is this the formula, at least for the Knicks to win a game before an adjustment's made that like Mitch is Capella? And so the, the difference is, is that like they stretched Miami out because they'd set screens really high. Like they weren't setting at the three point line. They were setting it like between the logo and the three point line. So mm-hmm. Trey is absolutely a threat from there. You have to guard that. You have to play at the level or switch. And if you switch, well, now Trey's a really good passer and Capella's going to the rim. They had whoever Kyle Lowry was guarding in the in the weak side corner. So Kyle's job is as a low man is like to step up and rotate. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're at the nail, like where Jimmy is, you know, you can kind of a Atlanta had enough good shooting that they had to hedge in. It was just it was just difficult. And Trey was playing really well. I, I don't think they get enough credit for what a good game plan. I don't think New York can super replicate it. Because I don't think that Brunson is like the shooter that Trey is off the bounce from I, so far away. But like I the, think de- the, de- the depth, the of depth is what yeah, I mean. Okay, that's it fair. was specifically that's like they stri- they like literally stretched the floor by setting these really, really deep screens. And Miami had to respect Trey Young's shooting. And if that's Brunson, I think Miami could play that more conservatively and can contain some of that. Uh, but if Brunson's gonna hit those pull-ups, like you know, you shake his hand and be like, all right, good job. I think what I meant more by the formula, you're right that they can't like one to one Spider Man meme it, but like yeah, because Trey, Trey and Trey and Brunson are different players. They're both good, but they're good at different things. Right. The I'm I more meant like the 22 offensive rebounds and just it's staring right at me. Ten but of that, 41. That's a from result three. of the stretch floor, right? Yeah. Like you're switching. Of, they're switching that. My so point Bams, is, the, yeah. The Hawks didn't shoot well. This game was my point. Like that's the Knicks formula. Is we, even if we don't shoot well, we could still replicate this yeah, type of formula by multiple possessions. Yeah. And I mean, good Lord, the free throw shooting in this game, 16 to 27 for the Hawks. Um, I, I think many a Nick fan has recognized or remembers a bad free throw shooting night for the Knicks, even if they are getting their free throws. So look, I, it's why I'm trying to not fully, um, not fully discount what happened pre Milwaukee series, but I do think something clicked for the, the heat, which is why I'm trying to give them the respect that that like there's that's the most recent version of them. That why are you just saying yeah. I don't watch games? I'm literally describing what's happening on the floor. 
Oh, you're in our chat now. Look at you. Oh, this is going to be great for the pod later. Okay. I, I just, I didn't want to halt the show with somebody asking like an injury question on a role player. So I, you know, I just kind of responded to the guy, but now nah, you're good. Um, next up, John, uh, Juanon, shout out Juanon, one of our patrons, uh, Giancarlo. Wow. Oh my gosh. What, 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 what? Do, do, if Miami is an overrated, will you read the question? Hold on. Why is Miami the most overrated city in America? And miss me with the BS because I lived on Brickle for years. Also, thoughts on Brunson now? Still cute, or are you smart enough to fear him us yet? Why is Miami catching straight? Did you? What's 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 wrong with it? Y'all in New Yorkers clearly like it because you keep moving here. No, the ones that are in the chat right now, like me and everybody else, we stayed. We're we're still here. We're outside I, I, in the world. I, like it. I think okay. the most overrated not city in, in Miami. Is, LA is the most overrated city in America. I think you guys to direct your ire to the West Coast because that city is like discount Miami. It's not as nice. It is also way more expensive. Uh, yeah, I know. I I just it's it's I I think LA is the most overrated. It's the New city York traffic with the, the without the perk of Miami uh, weather. You know. Yeah, it's just. And LA is like really spread out. Miami's like super. I mean, Mike, Miami Dade County is like a very big, sprawling county, but mm-hmm. like the city limits, like Wynwood, Brickell, you know, city of Miami is like pretty contained and the beach is right there as well. So, like, I think it's a much more, like, you know, it's, it's easier to navigate than LA, which is like super sprawling. And I don't know, I don't really like LA. LA kind of stinks. So, what is your take on Brunson now? Uh, Brunson's good. Oh, we've, we've upgraded from cute to good, everybody. He's a, he's a good player. Like, what do you, I, I don't, I guess like he's your guy, which I get, you know, like mm-hmm. he's like a, he's a good player. Like I, you know, like he's a lot better than I thought he was going to be. And like, that's awesome. And like, that's a great contract for New York. Like, am I putting him in the Steph tier? No. Are, no. You, are your fans, your fans are mad at me. Cause I'm like, he can't hit pull-ups like Trey young, which is like a level of delusion that I don't know. Maybe he does learn to hit pull-ups like Trey young, but like, I don't know. Can you pull the numbers, how he is on pull-ups from, 50 feet. That's somebody, the thing. The, the like, chat, you're saying that I don't yeah. watch the games. So pull me the film, pull me the numbers. What is he doing from 50 feet? I don't think, listen, I'm you're with me. I but don't like think they, that pe- people like to talk shit. And I was like, okay, like I'm not, I don't, Andrew, you know, that I don't come on here. And if I'm wrong, I say, Hey, I was wrong. Or, Hey, I make a correction. I don't know everything. We're all human. But if you got shit to say, then come Pull it out. It, am I, I like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I think I, I try to keep it real. Like mm-hmm. I was wrong about Brunson. I come on your platform and I was supposed to come on after Miami lost. You, you know, obviously a couple of things happened in New York news. I wasn't able to come on. Uh, I did record a segment for you eating my words because I am yeah. a man of my word. So I, I came, you know, for the ire of your audience. But of course, I know we, a New York legend passed it. away yeah, it. and the vibe wasn't right for that. But like, I'll come take my medicine. But, you know, don't say I don't watch the games because I'm telling you what happened. And if I'm wrong, I'll tell you I'm wrong. So come on, bring it. Mm-hmm. And I'll I'll vouch. Giancarlo watches the games and let's let's hopefully Jalen Brunson continues to. I didn't to, say that Trey Young is better than Brunson. Why are y'all putting words in my mouth? Let's, Did let's I stop, say that? Giancarlo, let's stop looking at the chat now. Like there, people are talking. I, pr- I promise you I'll, we're good. We're you good. know what I mean? Like, let's, 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 hold on. Let's got a couple more questions and then we'll get out of here. We'll move. We'll move. Just so focused again, per the play-in, I don't think you're supposed to look at it as a positive thing, as a good team. It's a last chance thing for teams who underwhelmed. Then he follows up, but Miami's... <laughs> Miami's not a good team, so I get it. Agreed. Yes. So, like, that's, that's if you fall into the play, and I get it. Like, if you're a team like OKC this year or like NOLA last year, 
you save your season and its credibility with getting into the plan, which is why I understand. It. I wonder. So, like, kind of to answer that question, like more seriously, like I think if you're like if you're because the plan affects your draft status. So, like, if you're a team that like is young and like if you're like the Orlando Magic, like, do you want to be in the plan or like do you want to like help your pick? Mm-hmm. I think like that's different. Like, I think like an Oklahoma city, the same. Well, I think they, they're kind of at the point where I think they need to start winning games. So it's like, you know, there's some teams that it's good for some teams that it's bad for. Like I said, I, I wasn't like a fan of it as a he fan. Cause like you said, we fell into it. That's a great way to put it. Hey there, Knicks fans. Quick break to tell you about HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you'll get farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. You know I like my stats, so I got some stats here for you. Good food is too precious to waste. HelloFresh's pre-proportioned ingredients cut down on your food waste by at least 23% compared to grocery shopping, which is good for your wallet and the planet. And if you're looking for more ways to save this spring, HelloFresh is cheaper than grocery shopping and 25% cheaper than takeout. 25%, that's a lot. I love HelloFresh. I love not only the taste of the meals, but I love the fact that I could have two kids literally hanging off me as I am cooking and I'm still able to follow the recipes and make meals that are exactly as advertised. If you want to experience HelloFresh too, don't hesitate. Head to HelloFresh.com slash FilmSchool50 and use code FilmSchool50 for 50 free meals plus free shipping. Again, that's HelloFresh.com slash FilmSchool50 and use code FilmSchool50 for 50 free meals plus free shipping. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Bernard Richardson. Sorry if this is talked about already, but what does Miami do better than the Cavs that we should do worried that we should be worried about after the last round? I think so. Cleveland's offense is was really not good. I think Miami has bigger wings that score, like Jimmy, I think with Mitchell. So like Cleveland's more guard heavy, right? So like I know that they let um Garland go one on one with with Jalen. And then when kind of you know if Jalen were to get beat, you know, you have Mitchell or RJ, you have like these huge wings kind of helping on a small guy. And I think if you're Miami, one of the things you do well is Miami gets to the free throw line a lot. Because Jimmy's like really like a super engine of that. So you have a wing, not a small kind of going into the paint. I think Miami's really good at matchup manipulation. I don't think Cleveland's super good at like hunting that. And that's again, this is like on offense, that's all like what Jimmy does. 
Um, you know, Jimmy's really good at hunting kind of matchups and stuff like that. And I think what, you know, I, Cleveland's a better defense than Miami, but I think what Miami does better than Cleveland is I think they're a little more versatile because of Spo and bam, you know, they, they can switch. They could do a lot of things and they can play so many coverages that I don't think Cleveland can or has in their playbook. I think if you watch like the Atlanta series or the Celtic series and kind of see like their Miami or, or even the Philadelphia series, they're all different schemes and they're all like super different coverages. And I, I think Miami's really good at kind of that chameleon, like, okay, like we'll, we'll scheme to our opponent, which isn't always the case. Like when LeBron was here, Spo was like, we're running our stuff and they adjust to us. And I think with kind of this group, he's been like, okay, well with Jimmy and Bam, they're two super versatile defenders. Let's mold ourselves to what we need to do. Like they were a switch team in the regular season. They played drop against the Bucks. I imagine they'll play a drop against the Knicks. So like, we'll see kind of like how the series progresses, but I think kind of that's their advantage. Like that's what they do better than Cleveland. I think Cleveland's a better team. And I I'd go back to see like, what does the Knicks, what do the Knicks do better than the Bucks, right? Other than offensive rebound, um, you know, stuff like that. So it, it's kind of like uh, styles make fights. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's like, I think that New York has like Miami is a good defensive rebounding team, but they're a shaky defensive rebounding team. Did you do that on purpose? Styles make fights. That was the name of our pod this morning. Oh, really? I didn't know that. No, yeah. I was, oh, I was wow. quoting. Uh, I don't know if your chat. They may make fun of me, but I'm a. I play. I play some esports. I play competitive melee. Oh, okay. Super Smash melee and uh, Brandon uh, melee legend always kind of says Styles make fights when he does like his uh, his commentary uh, on player. So you know, a little, little ode to to where I came from. My brother will appreciate. He is huge into esports. He will appreciate that reference oh, when go. he listens to this later. Uh, Jocelyn focuses with another one. Can we admit the Bucks were poorly coached, players were not focused, and their best player was injured? This is a different series from Miami. I think we've talked about that throughout. Wow. Which, which players weren't focused? <laughs> like, so I think the, the specifics to those final, those last two games down the stretch, I just... Look, they I, were I, scared. I, I think Milwaukee, that's where they were shook, but they were what shook. they were shook by, I think, can be replicated in this series. I do think Tibbs will have a better answer for it. What they were shook by was Jimmy Butler. And that's so the like, biggest thing I keep going back to was like, is Jimmy going to do that in this series? You know? So, yeah. And, and I think so, you know, and like Jockey Flake saying, can we admit? I think I've done nothing but admit like these things. Like I thought Milwaukee. You know, and I I will say this, and I, you can like look at my on my Twitter. Um, I have like a lot of threads on the game, and I I go back and I kind of fine comb. Bud makes adjustments. They're just like micro adjustments. He yeah. doesn't make like like Giannis did defend Butler like a lot down the stretch, and the big thing in that series to me was they put Wes Matthews back on Jimmy when he got healthy, and Wes Matthews really bothered Jimmy. So what Spo did was you know in the, at the nth hour made another adjustment, which kind of bringing him off ball, off pin downs with Bam facilitating at the elbow and Bam hit enough jump shots to make that work. So, you know, like Bud, Bud made adjustments. They, they trapped Jimmy a couple times, you know, in game three and he really made them pay. They would kind of run an empty side pick and roll with Jimmy and love, which I imagine they're going to show New York a lot. They're going to show New York that look too, which I think if you're New York, I think you could switch that. Um, if you manipulate the matchup, because like I, if Kevin Love is going to post up Josh Hart or something, I don't know, you take that. And I think if you get Mitchell Robinson on Jimmy, that's kind of an interesting prospect because Jimmy has struggled with size in the past. So, you know, there's like, there's like different elements to every team, but like Milwaukee trapped that and Jimmy made a pay with the slip to Love, or he was able to kind of take the ball early and Giannis was out of position. He was able to kind of take Holiday off the dribble. So, you know, like I think Bud made adjustments 
micro adjustments. I don't think they mm-hmm. were like super big. And I do think that like he is absolutely like at the top of the list to blame. But like none of you are blaming Drew Holiday, who are absolutely fucking cooked. Like yeah. I, Drew Holiday is like skating for a playing like crap on offense, which Miami did a great job on him, and B like getting absolutely like barbecued by Jimmy. And like uh, it's just kind of funny how that works. Kevin Danishevsky, if Miami loses, what do they do in the offseason? That's actually a great question. Not for why you think it's a great question. Because I think locally, people are thinking Jimmy let Riley off the hook. I think ah, people really? did not, were not, fans were not happy with the way that the team, the team really didn't make moves. I mean, the team dumped a second round pick to offload Deadman so that they can then sign love and be under the tax. The, the team was very interested in staying under the luxury tax. You had which, said that when we talked before the, Right after the deadline, that that's what you were expecting they do, you know. Yeah, and so they're gonna be a, they're gonna be a tax team next year. There's like no way to avoid that unless they off get somehow get off of Duncan, mm-hmm. which I don't I don't unless they give up that pick, which that would be like really bad. I'd be like really upset about that. Well, I don't I don't know if they do that. Well, however, now I don't know how familiar I don't want to get too like a lot of their stuff is cap stuff, really because of this new CBA and the second apron. So if for your audience, if I don't know, I don't know how much you guys talked about it. Oh, we do. That's yeah. Jeremy Cohen, our capologist. We're so of our cap or no cap is our off season series. That second apron is going to be really important because mm-hmm. Butler's supermax kicks in next off season. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get off Kyle's money. Bam's extension continues to go. Tyler's extension continues to increase, and Duncan's money continues to increase. And at least they get Kyle off the books. But again, you have to fill out a team. And at, the, at this point, they're super. So it's actually a really interesting offseason. Not because like if they lose, it's a failure. Because already, like any, I think you ask anybody in the organization as a Z fan, like considering the dog shit season they had, like it's kind of this is like already a success. Um, you know, losing to the Knicks is gonna suck. I think for the fans, like you guys are gonna go off on us. And like, I don't think the Heat like losing to the Knicks at any time. Riley doesn't want to lose to the Knicks. But real None quick, to want- Kevin's question, would that? Would it be enough of a disappointment? No, it's already a success. Like the, oh, it's already I think, a success. Okay. I think they won a series. And like I said all year, I'm like, I think this is a second round out team. Um, I didn't think the second round would be the Knicks. That changes my math a little bit. But I thought like they play like a higher seed, like the Sixers or the Celtics in round or the Bucks in round two. And I would have said, well, I think that they'll probably lose that series, but make it competitive. Like that's like as I was like, that's like the most I'll do. Um, but yeah, that's kind of where I, so I think a lot of their stuff this off season is cap stuff. It's like, okay, Max Struess and Gabe Vincent are free agents. Mm-hmm. Which one do we keep? And can we keep both at a good number? I think if they do that, the fan base is going to be pretty upset because they want new players. Do they keep love? Um, Cody Zeller is like the third center. And I know that he wants to stay. I know they like him. I mean, talk to people in the organization. So it's, it's a little, it's a little touchy. Like, they're going to explore their options. They're going to see what Duncan and a pick kind of can fetch them as an upgrade. They're going to explore what Tyler and a pick and stuff can get you. Um, Do they go whale hunting? So like who becomes available? Like if Lillard, you know, Damon and Kawhi are the big ones. I'm staring I think at. Kawhi, Damon really the Clippers. Are, I don't know. They'd be in on Kawhi. At. Okay. Cause that could be like, if they, if they empty the cupboard for Kawhi and he just like doesn't play that sets your franchise back so mm-hmm. much. I think Lillard's the guy that they'd want. And I, I just think that Kawhi is notably very, I don't want to call him difficult because I think that these players have a right to like 
kind of control their body and stuff. Like, I don't want to say that, but the organization runs a certain way. And I just don't think Kawhi fits in that mold. Um, they like their letter is the law and Kawhi's letter is his law. And I think that that kind of thing isn't going to mesh well, which is why LeBron ultimately left. Mm. Um, I think that they'll try to go in for, for Dame, but uh, again, Miami's packages don't look as good as other teams with similar assets. So like a player has to demand I'm going there or not like Dragic did. Right, like or like to a, I mean, he's obviously mm-hmm. like much less a player, or like Jimmy did. Like I was gonna say, Jimmy's it's the there, but yeah, yeah, Jimmy would have yeah. been the one. It's there or bust, and at that point, you now have a lot more leverage, and you can make certain moves happen. So their outlook is like not the most comfortable, um, especially given their cap. The second apron thing throws them for a toll loop, and I haven't even crunched numbers yet. We're gonna do that, you know, when they lose or you know, or they win. I doubt they win the title. That's but, the thing. If, if yeah. they win the series, though, then. The calibrate, like I'll, I'll, I'll entertain it. Like if the Heat win the series and they're playing the Celtics and it's a competitive series, does that also recalibrate things? It's like, oh, this was the no, team. All I don't, year long. I don't think so. I don't, I don't, I don't think, and I don't think it should. I think, you know, at the end of the day, like they're gonna go as far as Jimmy takes them, and mm-hmm. the rest of these dudes they know are 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 replaceable, and okay. I think they know that Jimmy's bailing them out. Okay. So last question. I I kept you longer than I, I said, oh, by the way. So thank you, by the way. Um, last question is from Benjamin D'Souza. Let's talk psychology. Wow. Where's this going? I trust Miami's guys, Jimmy, Bam, UD, Love, and Lowry right, to not get rattled. Okay. Uh, I don't trust Randall Barrett quickly. Thoughts? Wow. Don't trust quickly or Barrett. Well, like there's something to be said about like a guy's first time in this situation, right? Like Kevin mm-hmm. Arnovitz, one of my favorite uh, ESPN guys says grown ass, grown ass men win championships, right? And it's why Riley has always been obsessed with veterans. It's why like teams trade for veterans at the deadline. Um, sometimes young teams go out and do crazy shit. But like, I think the Warriors remember when they first kind of had a playoff run, they lost in the second round to like a super vet heavy team, right? Like they weren't there yet. And I think that's kind of like the growing pains of the league. Um, you know, Randall, you know, for Randall Barrett, all these guys, it's the first like big second round matchup for a lot of these heat guys, you know, like Bam, Bam and Jimmy have been to the finals. Uh, Lowry is obviously a champion. Kevin Love is obviously a champion. A lot of these guys have playoff experience. So I think that's kind of why like they don't have like, they don't get frazzled like that. Like I think you saw in Cleveland, like those guys got frazzled. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think this actually helps the Knicks a lot that they're at home. Cause that crowd's going to be amazing and that's going to be really helpful. And they're going to have, you know, game seven on, at home, worst case scenario. And that's going to be like a really calming stable force. Although the, the Knicks have been super good on the road this year. I know they've been one of the best road teams. Yep. Yeah. So, like, so they have toss up for me. And Tibbs like, teams are tough, yeah. bro. Tibbs yeah. teams are, are always tough as hell. Um, I don't know if you saw the clip going around today of, uh, of, um, of Jeff Teague talking about Tibbs and Jimmy. Yes, that was yeah, outstanding. The incident yeah. where where Jimmy went to practice, yeah, and the the, the, the scrimmage, yeah. Tib, Tibbs' hands always shaking because he's excited. He loves these moments. Mm-hmm. So like you know, we, I as, noticed the Tibbs handshake this year too. I didn't realize that. I like didn't feel good making fun of that. I don't know if that. I don't know if that's a sign of something else. Or if that's I thought tick. he. I think he has a tick, which is what I. I hope it's a tick because I. The, I mean, I guess you know Jeff Teague's his player, so I was like, I wasn't mm-hmm. super comfortable with like everyone making fun of him. I was like. Ah, let's, let's chill out. But it just doesn't could be a sick. We all, we all have we all do weird shit. Yeah, yeah, like someone as as neurotic and as as focused as he is, it doesn't have a no, make, that it would be shocked me if he didn't. You're like, top one percent of basketball minds in the world. You know what I mean? So like, right. yeah, you, you weird shit. So 
So we've reached the end of this. How you feeling? You know, uh, about what? About, well, your experience on the live stream and uh, this series. Listen, I love an active chat. I, I have fun, man. I, I have it pulled up. I was reading. I love going back and forth, y'all. I love did talking you to you. Them, did you see them call you Pe- uh, Pedro Griffins? Hispanic Peter Griffin. Yeah, I did see that. Hispanic Peter Griffin sounding a lot more humble this time around. Just yeah. Yes. I found that to be the funniest thing. That was funny. Listen, yes. like I'll say like I like the Knicks, like, you know, earn my respect. Like I, I, you know, I, I, you know, famously like on my pod, I'm very, I, I have, I need a lot of information to change my mind on something mm-hmm. like I, and even with this heat team, like, you know, I was like, well, let's see how they look in February. And then I'll make my decision on how they look. Cause I'm a person that like, likes a lot of data. So yeah, I slept on New York. I was like, I'm not like a super fan. I'm like, I, I look at the names on paper. I watch their games and like, kind of like, I wasn't like a fan of their stat, like their shot profile and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But like, they're a good team. Like, you know, I was called the mid. They were kidding around. Like, you know, listen, they're, they won a playoff series against a healthy team. They made the second round. You know, they, they're, they're, they're a home seed, you know, given the circumstances of, of this round. Right. So credit, credit where credit's due. You know, Brunson's played awesome. He's been one of the better players in the postseason. Um, yeah, and they did this with Randall kind of giving them nothing in the first round. Uh, he's been super sneaky super and crazy too. The fact that they beat that Cavs and, and then Grimes, Randall Grimes, having Grimes, Grimes is out too, right? Grimes hit one, hit three shots the entire. Is he hurt? Didn't he he's, gonna hurt? he's gonna play. He's gonna play. He had a shoulder impingement, but that did he missed. Did he miss time? He missed games four and five, and missed most of game. Yeah, like you know, you most guys. The game he's four a starter, right? Most of game three. He he is Josh Hart's de facto like six. But you missed. You missed like quickly. you you were you were out. A rotation player and a half, because yeah, I, mean, I guess and then quickly there, not there, yeah. gave you really nothing on offense except outside. That's really the one guy, Andrew. Yeah. Before yeah. we go, I think he's like probably the biggest. I know that we talked a lot about Mitchell Robinson. Mm-hmm. I actually think quickly is like the biggest X factor for the. I had Knicks. him in those top six. Yeah, I, I think that's an X factor. Miami has a problem guarding fast guys, mm-hmm. unintended quickly, right? But huh. he's really good. I, I talked a little bit like he's really good at kind of screen navigation, but he's very quick, and that is. A hundred percent. Miami's biggest weakness is kind of their point of attack defense. This was why they switched Bam so much. So that's a guy that I'm going to look at. That if they can contain him, I'll feel a lot better. But he is actually one of the guys I fear the most on the Knicks because of kind of how he leverages his speed and again to the basket. He he can just like get by dudes like super quick. Yeah, I think that's what I keep going back to with that the Cavs series is how the Knicks were able to dominate without getting really anything consistent on offense. You know, outside of offensive rebounding, like they did, they, they just shot 28% from three, you know? And so that's why I keep going back to like, if there's any hint of an uptick or improvement in the next shooting, then they're going to look better on that end of the floor, which could, you know, could be different. Um, okay. So we come to the end of this, Giancarlo. G, yes, sir. And the last question again, Josso focus, your generosity is appreciated. So do we know where a seven game series is going? I'll hang up and listen. Shout outs to Robert Cross. First time, long time. I'm going to look at you. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and say this. I am at now Nixon six. I should come as no surprise that I'm doing. So you have them. You have them winning uh, the closeout in Miami. Yes. Yes. Um, They've went. They they closed. They closed out in Cleveland. My thing this whole postseason has been like, I've seen the Knicks win a lot of big road games this year. Yeah. I think them closing out on the road is not that big a deal. I hate picking series. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't like it. I'm gonna do but it. But you're. For, I'm sure you're confident. The Heater. I'm I mean, gonna do it. I'm gonna do it for you mm-hmm. because I respect you and I. Mm-hmm. I love the show. 
Uh, but I I normally don't pick series. I don't even pick them on my own. Oh, if you don't, if you don't want to, you know, I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it because like I think on I think if I think about the series, I'm like okay, I like theoretically the matchup for Miami because I like drops. I think drops are just generally favorable for them. I think they'd have the best player in the series, mm. and I think Miami if Miami can limit New York's offense and rebounding, I just think that. They have a couple more things working in their favor. I think they have to take care of the ball too. I think like kind of those factors have to happen. And then I just think they have to have like a little bit more. You know, New York, I think, is really dependent on those things. Um, so that's why like I like the matchup for Miami. And like theoretically, like, yeah, New York's not as good as Milwaukee and Miami just beat Milwaukee, but I don't think you're gonna get the same kind of Jimmy performance out of or that. So, yeah, or, or or Miami shooting for that matter, mm-hmm. which I'm like kind of shaky about. So it's like a part of me is like, okay, well. I could totally see Miami winning in six. I could totally see New York winning in four. I could see Miami winning in seven. I could see Miami winning in five. I can see all these scenarios because I think that both teams are pretty, I think there's, they're pretty evenly matched. I think in the sense of like, I think both teams have a lot of cards to play. So I know that's like a kind of a non-answer. I gave you like four predictions. This is a toss up series for me, dude. I got to be honest. I'm picking the Knicks because I owe it to. We we also like be, it's become a thing here at Knicks Film School. Like our shout out to Mensa, one of our casual Friday crew. Um, not only did he pick the Knicks in five over the Cavs, he picked the exact series, how it would go. They'd win game one, games three, four, and five. Um, so that's just like how the direction we've gone with it. But I don't, I don't. I don't fault you with the Jimmy Butler factor of it all and the Spo factor of it all thinking it's a it's a toss up series. I think that's I think Spo for the I discourse think that I've seen. Your your chat may hate this, but I just think Spo has the edge over Tibbs. He does. I'd um, say that. It's, it's and, the one, and, and I'll say this real quick. It's the last playoff series, if I'm projecting in the future, that the Knicks don't have the playoff uh, don't have the coaching edge. Yeah, because that they would potentially face. I or, give that to Tibbs. I give it to yeah, Tibbs I over it to Tibbs. Doc. I think t- I guess is, the finals is different because like Kerr, if it's Kerr, that's the only one. And I've also we can talk left? more about this offline. I would have my I I have a side eye at, at Kerr. I I think. Oh, are you uh, are sound, you are you Team Light Years? Uh, Bay I, Area Aristotle. I am a little bit. Victory Machine was one of my favorite books when I read. Andy it, Lou, and, who's Bay Area Aristotle? Is it Kerr or is it Bob Myers? I need to know. I think I'm I'm. I'm in the camp of a, that. That's a baseball team over there. Like you just plug in whatever manager, as long as it's not Mark Jackson. And I think um, you could have been fine. Oh, that was a big one. Yeah. Um, point think, being. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. yeah. No, I get it. No, no, I, I, I'm with you. I totally. Get it. But I think like this is the last series that like the coaching edge will not be favored, tilted toward the Knicks because I respect Spro that much. What about you know? Monty? I think it's a toss up. But at that point, if you're facing the the Suns, you're facing like Kevin Durant, and Devin Booker, and like that team. Like you're still and gonna the, have to and go the nut puncher. talent and the nut puncher. Yes, and Chris Paul. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hold your feet to the fire for a prediction. But you're you're leaning the Heat, and their advantages can win the series. Yeah, I think that they have like I just like I said, and I, I said this on my pod. I the Knicks play like a fucking rugged style ball where they're going to offensive rebound and turn you over and get to the line. Like they play a very physical brand of basketball and you know, they, they, they play bully ball. And I, and if I'm Miami, I force the Knicks to play like actual half court basketball. And I think that's kind of Miami's recipe for winning. If they can't force the Knicks to do that, then they lose. And I, I just think it's as simple as that coupled with like Miami needing, I don't think they need to shoot as well against Milwaukee. 
I mean, New York didn't have like the best defense in the regular season. I do think that like they have soft spots, right? Like they're like places that they can hunt. Like even if Hart does a good job on Jimmy, you know, they there's still like other ways to like manipulate matchups on the floor. So like I said, uh, and and for New York, like, you know, quickly is a problem. Like I, mm-hmm. I can totally see like Brunson, like going to the line a billion times and like getting Bam foul trouble and it being like a problem. You know, I, I kind of expect them to win that matchup. I think that Spo has done a, always a good job when teams are very centralized. I think he's really good at taking away that that thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll have to see. Like, you know, it's going to be more difficult because their offensive rebounding kind of prevents you from doing that as freely. So it, I'm excited to watch the series. Excited for basketball. See Last thing before I let you go, because I'm sure. realizing now the the when the chat was was I sensed a little getting under your skin. Um the when Willis Reed passed away, you came on that day and we recorded a thing. I just was like not into it and um I, I was not up for the honestly just up to recording a pod. Of course, yeah. And about we, something silly. You know, right. Like matter. we recorded yeah. something and I just was like, I got I can't release this. You did take it back. All, not take it back, but you were like, all right, Brunson's the real deal. Like Brunson is a legitimate. I see what you see now. I do wanna not call you out, and it's the reason why I I have you in my life as my Miami Heat uh informed person, other than uh, Jeremy Taché, I like him. I actually respect Ryan Cortez a ton too. Mike Ryan, good lord, stop straw manning. No one is saying that Jalen Brunson is Dwayne Wade. Okay, no one is has the, gone. Is that Mike far. doing that? Don't listen to Mike. Oh my I, gosh, dude! It's, Mike, it's Mike's a friend of the show. Don't listen to Mike. T- I know that he's. No, a, he, I'm sure he's a friend of your show, and I'm like a. a Listen, behind the scenes, Mike Ryan's like my inspiration for all creative decisions at Nick's Film School. As far as executive producers go, oh, Mike's, Mike's, I get Mike's it. Go, yeah, right. Mike and Hawk, put some respect Hawk, on Mark Hawk. Well, I wasn't there when the I, I go back. I, my little yeah, first yeah, yeah, year no, yeah. is yeah. after Hawk left, so I'm not. I don't go back that far with Libertard Show, and also I like I'm a super uh, follower with Mike because shout out gambling advice. Having said that, like the straw manning of like, oh, they're giving Jalen Brunson props. I guess he's better than Dwayne Wade now. Oh, this thing that you Stop guys have. Stop falling for it. You don't this get thing the you show. have with Bam out of bio. I maybe Stop. don't get the show. You fell for it. They this get Bam everybody. out of bio. They get Chris everybody, Bosch, dude. Man, I swear. It comes I have to for stop us all. listening to my favorite radio show this week because you guys don't know how to intelligently talk about the Knicks. Every conversation is, oh, well, the New York, they they get one guy and now they're, they're better, the greatest player you of all time. Know better. You got to like, know David better. David Sampson, are you, are, just go back to ruining the Marlins. Like, I love hey, how man. you have a show about business and yet Fuck all you David. were Fuck was David a Samson. terrific I hate that guy. That guy's a Not snake. surprised. That guy's anyway. a snake. No one likes him. Yo, sh- super shout out to the Levitard show. They do this behind the scenes and I'm going to out them. Uh, they, what they do for us personally, we do a pride mm. drive every year. Oh and yeah. Chris Cody always organizes with Mike and the rest of the guys with the shipping container, uh, a tour. They auction off a tour of the studio and you get to hang out and have lunch with the, with the crew and sit in for a show. They give that experience for our pride drive and it, it raises, I mean, we raised $12,000, you know, for, for pride, especially mm. in Florida where it's been. So like, shout out to, shout out to Libertar show. For being, I just said all that shit. And now you bring up something that matters and I have, well, to that's like, well, you, cause well, you, felt, job, you fell for Mike it. I want to give them their flowers. Cause like, they're just genuinely like good dudes. I like, yes, very they're good big people. time and they give back to the community and like people like me who are, you know, inspired by them. So like yeah. just big shout out to them, but you fucking fell for it, bro. I, I did can't believe fall it. For they it. got you, dude. They got you. 
I also think there is some intention there that you, I may not get the show. You don't get the Knicks. That's my response. You don't Let's get go. the Knicks. You don't get the Knicks. Yeah. Well done. That was a great poppy impersonation. Listen, <laughs> I, I've grown up with relatives. Uh, English mm-hmm. is their second language. Bro, Pop, that's poppy. how I bonded over my, with my dad when I was still living at home. We were just like, that That was my grandpa. Listen, like, we know. We watch Highly Questionable every day. We'll have that. Yeah. We have that. So I, listen, I've, I've had many relatives like, uh, like Gonzalo. So I, I know yeah. where it is. Um, before we get out of here, plug Miami Heat Beat and all the stuff you guys do. Guys, listen, I'm not going to try to get you to listen to Heat content. Listen, come over and talk shit after games. If y'all win, come into our chat and talk shit. If we, if you lose, come to our chat and talk shit. I promise we'll engage. We'll put your comment up and we'll all argue and it'll be really fun. Our post-game shows are great. Have a drink. Come. We talk about the game. Uh, if you want to watch us melt down, we do that. If you want to talk us talk shit, we do that. Uh, I do think that hangover time is one of the coolest, most unique things kind of in sports media right now. So give us a check out. We're on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Miami Heat Beater. Catch the replay on YouTube. We always post it on our YouTube page or listen on the pod. But, you know, I do pods, but they're boring. They're just basketball X's and O's. You want the good stuff, which is a raw motion of post game. So check us out on Twitch uh, or on Twitter at Miami Heat Beat uh, for this series because we're going to be doing a lot of stuff. And if you want the pod for X's and O's, uh, yeah, I'm very level-headed on those, and I'll have a lot of Nick guests coming through to talk about the series. So if you want, like, kind of as objective breakdowns as as I can do, you know, come through and and we'll talk about the series that way. So check us out. I gotta recommend the um the pod you did with Nikias Dunk with Nikias 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 Duncan uh, from the Dunker Spy. That 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 was. It's the heavy hitting X's and O stuff. That's that my guy, bro. Like, Nikias. He's he used to write for you guys, right? Yeah, Nikias. Yeah. Nikias started off. Well, he he was uh he started off writing for us. Uh mm. so proud to see like where that that's my that's my guy just good friend yes. of mine. So, so you can check that him. out. Uh those of you watching, you know what to do. Give the KFS bump, whether it be to their YouTube channel or to the podcast feed. Five stars for Nixon Five. How's that? Let's uh, uh, do it. Give them the five stars. They deserve it, guys. You don't know how much that helps content creators. Uh, it's not even it's not even Andrew Schilling. I'm telling you, like, give give the high review and the rating on YouTube. All that stuff helps. You don't understand how much that helps. So mm-hmm. give, give them all that. Gee, I, I wish I could say good luck in this series. I wish <laughs> the worst of luck in this series. But thank you, as always, for coming on. I look forward to, uh, to talking to you more. We're talking uh, again. Don't worry. Well, we'll of course, we we'll, will. We're be. doing this one way I'm or the sure other. I have to come over to enemy territory at some Let's point go. in the future. All righty. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. And, of course, go Knicks. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.